Good evening. This should be a moment in television history because this program will bring together more places throughout the world than has ever been possible before. Live pictures from across the world will be brought to us here in Britain. At the same time, they will reach millions of viewers in 24 different countries throughout the world. For some people watching, it will be the evening as it is for us. For some, it will be breakfast time. For others, the middle of the day. For others, the middle of the night. This program would not have been possible before 1967. Our world, five-sevenths ocean, two-sevenths land, 135 sovereign countries, the home of 3,400 million people. And tonight, for the first time, we can see right round our world from sunset to dawn by television. Television stations in 14 countries all round the world have joined up to make one program, this program. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1967. Hello. Hey, everybody. We are doing it again. We're back. We don't have any new intros. We keep thinking of trying to come up with stuff and we've got nothing. I mean, I think that that's because we're not very good podcasters. What? <laughs> I think we're the best podcasters I know. <laughs> I mean, you are anyway. Oh, I think you are. Thanks, honey. Anytime. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. It happened one year, 1967. Here we are. And yet again, we're covering the information and topics that I'm sure are important to people <laughs> and bringing the information that they really want in their life. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a life-changing episode for a lot of yes. people, I think. Yeah. Week after week after week, and now sometimes every two weeks, we are yep. bringing episodes to the folks. Yes. And with the knowledge and information to move forward and make d informed decisions of today. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This podcast is required listening for you to continue to live your life. Yes. I mean, did clearly. I just threaten our listeners? I didn't mean to. No, this is, I think that they'll just be afraid to miss it. They'll be afraid <laughs> yeah. how much they love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm afraid of my love for this podcast. Exactly. I think that's really the kind of program we're putting on here. Yeah. So in looking over our charts and our information, we've had listens in various places around the world. I mean, not a lot, but a couple. Yeah. For at least a stretch, we weirdly had a bunch of listens in Russia, which that has kind of dried up because I'm guessing <laughs> maybe Russia's locking down the podcast uh, community. Or the people of Russia have other concerns. They like might protesting also be in the streets. otherwise engaged. Yes. But, you know, we have a sum here and there. Over the course of the last year-ish, that we've been doing this, we're not, you know, I, again, I don't want to sit around and talk about downloads. That's gross. But we've had listens in as far-flung places as uh, Australia, the Philippines. Nice. Uh, we've got two from Lithuania. Ooh. You know, one person in Guatemala. Hello, uh, ahoy, Guatemalan cohort. That one person. Uh, you know, Turkey. Our top place is America. Our second is the UK, which checks sure. out because, you know, we're speaking the English. Yep. And third, disturbingly, is Russia. And fourth is Canada. So that's that's where our numbers are coming from. Nice. Global reach. Yes. So I think you can see where we're going with this. We're going to talk about global, global reach. reach before 1967. Yeah. <laughs> Not in an immediate uh, informational right in your ear hole type way that it is today. 
no, no, it didn't exist. It wasn't, it wasn't physically possible to do. Right. You could yeah. get some tape delayed stuff. You could yeah. get things like that. Yeah. But you know, up until then, there were no, there was no system for live broadcast. There were satellites. Telstar existed in the early sixties, but Telstar was a very wonky thing that I think would only broadcast like half an hour live or something. Like it yep. really wasn't the big deal that it was later. And the future arrived in 1967. Indeed it did. Yeah. How Very can you exciting. describe what this plan was when they threw this together in 67? Yeah. So this guy whose name I didn't write down. Um, Perfect. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um, but this guy in the UK, his idea was let's put together a show that kind of covers the whole world-ish and that is broadcast across the whole world live at the same time because live at the same time. And so he, he put together this, he, they spent 10 months putting together this, like, like orchestrating this show where they just go live in a bunch of different countries over the course of, of two and a half hours. So this oh. wasn't the brainchild of one person, was it? Or was it like one person? I think did it this? kind of was. I mean, I think it was his idea and I think he kind of, he led it. I'm sure he had to get other people involved. Oh, they they said like 10,000 different technicians worked on it. But I, the, the articles that I read were like, oh, this was this guy's idea. BBC producer Aubrey Singer came that up was, with this idea. Oh, that, that, that must be him. Because they, be they, the one. there were these satellites that were launched in 1965. Uh, yep. The early bird satellite and the Lanny bird and the canary bird. And these oh. were these, you know, global type satellites that they could then use. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so they went live in a bunch of different countries to try and showcase the world. It's a nice idea, you know, to... There are probably lots of people who haven't seen these parts of the world, although they did stick mainly to, you know, big cities and places you would know. There's a lot of like Western Europe, a little bit of the U.S., a baby in Japan, not a lot of like completely far flung places. But the broadcast was called Our World and it was June 25th, 1967. Yes, it uh, was. It is a nice idea. Part of the problem, I think, with the broadcast was that Russia and the other Eastern Bloc countries all pulled out. Yeah. And that was problematic for the, we're going to do this for the entire world. When clearly like part of the issue is Russia, right? Is the Soviet Union. They, they want, yes. we got to reach the Soviet Union and try to bring them in and, and yes. you know, make it one peaceful world when even then it was still Russia being basically the world's enemy <laughs> post-World yeah. War II. Yeah, they said they were protesting the way the West handled the Six Day War, which was in the Middle East. And so like and they pulled out like two days before, like it wasn't like they planned it for 10 months and then pulled out like two days before. Yeah. Yeah. It was them in Poland and a couple other countries. Yeah. East Germany, East Germany, Good. East, East Germany, Hungary, Czechoslovakia. So this does dampen it somewhat because it does then the broadcast does have this very European centric feel. Yes. Uh, they go to Tunisia at one point, so that's bringing Africa into it. But that's all, I think, the only Africa yeah, part it. of it. And it's not exotic Africa. Tu Tunis is not the same as, you know, being yeah. in the Congo. So I don't, I mean, again, there's only so much you can manage to get together film crews. You already, they're already, yeah. you know, requiring thousands of people to work on this. Yeah. But it is very much that. There's nothing in India or China, most of Asia. There's only little sequences in Japan. Yep. Uh, a little bit in Australia, but it is like, I mean, still it's the 
complicated actual broadcast that I think is interesting as yeah. far as this is concerned. It's not so much the content because none of the content's particularly good. No, no. I mean, there are moments, but I mean, it is pretty amazing that it worked too. Like they set this up, they spent 10 months planning it and it actually like went off without a hitch. Like there yeah. was no one who was like, who had technical issues or, you know, like as far as we know, or that I read, read about. So the fact that it actually worked is kind of amazing because it was all live too. Yeah. Like the philosophy is nice and it is a technical achievement, but that's about yeah. it. Like as a broadcast from what we could find of it. Now, it seems to be there's varying reports of how long this thing actually was. Yep. What we could find is I think the most complete version of it that seems to exist on the internet, which is about 90 minutes long, Yep. Uh, 95 minutes. And most reporting seems to indicate that it was two hours or maybe two and a half hours. So yeah. there's a lot to it. And there's like, mentions of segments that I was reading here and there that I don't remember seeing. So yeah. I, I'm guessing they just, you know, again, this is 67. They're not saving everything that's getting broadcast like they do now. So right. they, even the video we saw is clearly that old kinescope style where they're just pointing a, a camera at a TV that's airing it. Like it's not a great, you know, yeah. everything's kind of cropped weird and, you know. Yeah. And a lot of it's hard to see and all that stuff. Yeah, but. it's just not very clear. Uh, I mean, part of that could be the live nature of, <laughs> yeah. of 67 broadcasts, yeah. but. But you, uh, you get the gist. Like, you you can see enough. It's on YouTube. You can see enough to, like, to understand what they were trying to do and to yeah. and to be able to follow. Like, it it works. Yeah. And again, it's nice. It's nice. And I think part of the idea for the stuff that they do air is so that it's kind of universal to people. They don't want stuff that was too obscure or too bizarre that people couldn't follow in different yeah. cultures or whatever. So there's a lot of just like people at jobs and, you know, like there's minors and things like people, yep. you know, doing physical labor. There's not people yep. in office work, yeah. but you know, so at least it's a little visually interesting, but there is a lot of it that's not. And I, you know, I think what's also interesting is that what were they going to air in Russia? Cause figure even the time of this, this is airing live around the world. Yep. And the BBC is basically the the center of the whole show. So it's in it's at night. It's at seven o'clock or something in England. Yep. Uh, so that that also works for here because it's like the afternoon in America, the morning yep. afternoon. But like in Russia, it's the middle of the night. Like what were yeah. they going to what was, you know, is that why China and India and, and most of the rest of Asia aren't included because it's the middle of the night? Yeah. And what are you going to have those people doing? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know it. I don't know how much uh, viewership they would have gotten in, in Russia in the middle of the night, but you know, it would have been nice to have access or have some of them featured or, you know, yeah. here's, here's people sleeping. I don't know, wh yeah. whatever you need to do there. I mean, there are weird segments. They, they range all the way from like it, it, one of the Mexico segments, they like did a dance in a square that was cultural, like clearly a, you know, trying to showcase Mexican culture. And then it like the third segment, they go to Paris and just film traffic. It's really weird. <laughs> like, I don't, I was, I was wondering like who, who decided what happened in each country and what they sh what they presented like, was there like a guiding content committee or was it up to the countries or whoever they hired to work on it in each country it was very random like even the u.s stuff was weird there was only what they a uh, johnson was it like a, a house in new jersey talking to some other like some international i can't remember who it was some soviet leader yeah they yeah. were having like a summit yeah yeah. But they don't show them. They just show the house. The house. And all the news cameras set up covering this this news this yeah. political, you know, conference. Yeah. And then there was something at the end in the US, wasn't there? Well, they were, they show Cape Kennedy at the end. Oh, that's right. That's and right. They're, so they're doing space stuff about the Saturn V rocket, which I as I understand it was like 
they're testing the rocket to be able to go to the moon. So this is this yeah. is important in the overall sweep of things, but it is just showing them building, working on building the rocket. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I don't think there was anything else in America. Yeah. There's a couple Canadian segments, um, yeah. but there, I don't think there was anything else there. It was like, this is a beach in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's some cowboys in Calgary or in Alberta. Yeah. You know. Alberta, yeah. 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 And you're like, um, okay, great. Good yeah. I, again, I, I, so what I read about it was that part of the idea for even what they were going to show was they were going to try to avoid heads of state politics because yeah. they wanted it to be pretty universal. And I think they knew, you know, considering, again, Russia pulls out so late that it was going to get banned if it was going to be anything too, yeah. too political. Yeah. And it's not. It's not a political thing. Basically, even the Johnson thing, they don't show him. There's yeah. no talk of politics. No it's just news coverage, basically. Yeah. 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 Just like so, he's here. Yeah. But, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird program. But, you know, the only reason we're even talking about it is, again, it was this first global live broadcast, which is an interesting thing. Yeah. That they even managed to pull this off. It aired in America, it seems like on PBS, but it's not actually a channel that I've ever heard of. It's just no. like, was it the National... National Educational something that starts with a T. Yeah. Yeah. Net. Yeah. So I don't know what that... I assume that's just PBS, um, but I don't actually know. Again, yeah. there was only a couple channels, and it's clearly not a big broadcast channel. So, But this did, at the time, was the most viewed program worldwide ever. Yeah. Even though... Everything seems to indicate in America it was not that popular, and this is a pretty forgotten thing. Like this isn't, yeah. I think, something that resonates that people remember and point back to. No, it was funny. Even some of the articles that I was reading were around the 50th anniversary of it, and multiple articles mentioned that everybody has just kind of forgot that this happened, <laughs> even though it yeah. seems like a pretty impressive thing to do at the time. Yeah, the the Wikipedia page said that like they didn't even report ratings in the U.S. because they were so bad. Yeah. But there are other articles that indicate that worldwide, some somewhere between 400 and 700 million people watched it. So who yeah. knows? <laughs> Which is a huge amount considering they keep hammering the point that there's only 3.4 billion people in the world at that point. Yeah. So that's one out of every five people or something could have potentially yeah. been watching this, which is a crazy amount, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... There uh, was some article that I read that made me think that the it's just the reporting is a little off, like between the Wikipedia thing. And I, I wonder if the 400 to 700 million is like the estimated number of people that could have watched it, like oh. that had access to it, which would make more sense as like one in five yeah. um, people in the world because like Russia, you know, did, all those countries didn't have it and, you know, whatever. So that's my op that's my theory. No, yeah. no data to support that, but that is my theory. I think it, the articles say that only it, it aired in a lot of countries, but it's still only twenty five countries, maybe yeah. or something. So that's still even then, that's still not a huge percentage of countries in the world. Even though yeah. I assume that's a, a huge population amount. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, you are still omitting gigantic countries. Like I, I, I'm fairly sure this didn't air in China, you know, and it yeah. didn't air in Russia. So, so you already have that. But yeah. But I think it's an interesting look at the time. I don't know that it's a great representation of the 60s or anything no. like that. It's not, yeah. it's not a, a it's, but for comparison, it's nothing really like watching that oddball documentary based around the Easter Sunday Lovin'. Oh, yeah. Which is very much a slice of life of that moment at that time. This yeah. isn't that. No, no, no. But no. I do think no. there is some interesting stuff in it. Yeah. I, I think it's trying to be more timeless than. Then a slice of of life in the moment, like that was just that feeling I got 
from it, just given what they presented. There was like there was dancers, there were there was there was art, and artists were there, and opera, and and those kinds of and the traffic, and <laughs> cowboys, and you know yeah. horses, uh, right? Yeah, some like weird little sports type things. Yeah. Like, there's there's a weird dressage moment, which I can't remember where that was. That was, was in Mexico. The prancing horse. Yeah, yeah. That That's was in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. There's there's one of the the best sequences easily is the Sweden sequence. Oh, oh with my the god! Rapids, where they're talking about the how skillful these these guys are in the rapids, and they're all flipping over. Yes, the uh, one guy, the one guy Gert was just Gert. in like he was just floating down the river, and the woman literally goes. Gert Fredriksson is forty-seven years old, one of the fastest and really best canoeists. But he's having difficulties here, you can see, with these treacherous rapids. Not the first time he's been in. We have someone stationed on shore who will save him, we hope. Very just like no emotion, just like, well, I hope they save that guy. (laughs) Um, And like the footage. The footage shows Gert when it starts and he's paddling and then he immediately flips over. He's out of the boat. He can't get back in the boat. And then he just goes down the river. And you're like, well, I hope hope he doesn't die. His kayak sinks. It like yeah. flips over and then fills with water. Yeah. Um, and then they yeah. show, I think, three or four more kayakers. And all, except for the last guy, they all flip over. All so they're and all in this really... horrible stretch of rapids. I was like, maybe this <laughs> yeah. wasn't the greatest idea this <laughs> time of the day. It's live. So they were like, oh, good yeah. luck. Um, yeah. yeah. And the other sports segment ends in very much the same disappointing <laughs> way. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. So I believe that one's in Canada. That's in... Yep. Vancouver? I can't remember uh, what it was. I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. But there it's some Canadian is trying to break the world record in like the hundred meters. Yep. And this is like this, we're gonna promote this as this. And uh she doesn't. <laughs> no. That's she just gets close, it. but she doesn't do it. Yeah. They're like they introduce all the judges and all the there's there's eight there's four judges for some reason, and there's four like experts on like different yep facets of like the turn judge and then like the there's a, a watch and they name everybody and it takes it takes the whole segment takes three four minutes for this one yeah. minute run and then she just doesn't do it she doesn't do it and when they when she finishes the 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 clock they tried to display on the screen was like way off it said yeah. she did it in like 39 seconds which she didn't do the right. the record was like a minute five and she she got a minute six yeah but they while they were waiting for the official time they interviewed her coach and i'm just going to speak briefly with her coach howard furby howard that's still an amazing time yeah, she out just a little bit too slow a little bit too slow what yeah. did she have to do about uh, 30 30.2 30.3 on the way and she was about 32 or something like that yeah. <laughs> Didn't go fast enough. Didn't go yeah. fast enough um, because of the like split or at the turn, she was behind and yeah. remained behind. <laughs> Riveting. So yeah. It was great. The coach was just like, yeah, it wasn't enough. Yeah. This was a, a clearly an Al Capone's vault situation. They just <laughs> did not think through what was going to happen in the end. So uh, uh, the, it wasn't the poor, good. The poor reporter was like, well, it's still pretty fast. And they were yeah. like, yeah, it's still pretty fast. I mean, like, it was close, I but I have no idea. Like, you know, so I wouldn't say that one. That one ages terribly well. Um no. You you spoke about the French the French traffic report, which was lousy. Oh yeah, they were just like here's some cars and uh, it's, it's a lot of cars. Yeah, <laughs> there was um, there was perverted Italian horse jumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there was just a horse jumping for like ten. It felt like thirty minutes. It wasn't, yeah. but it felt like it went on forever. It was probably four minutes. There was nothing perverted about him. This is just for some reason our shorthand now when we talk about <laughs> Italians. 
because of Cuomo. I don't know. I just think it's funny. So. <laughs> uh, listeners, Joe's Italian, so yeah, I don't, don't know. Be I feel like that makes it okay. I'm Italian. I, we'll see. For some reason in our household lately, there's been a lot of this, like, we, we've watched a lot of Who's the Boss. Oh, my God. And Tony Maselli has this, this tendency to keep acting real Italian in very short moments, and I always get personally offended. <laughs> Because he'll just do it and he'll just go, and I'm just always like, come on, like, we know you're Italian. <laughs> but my default is then always to do my Andrew Cuomo impression. I'm not perverted. I'm Italian. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. But for some reason, the horses became perverted as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they're Italian. Through no fault of their own. They're Italian horses. No, no. So that's dull. Um, I think <laughs> there was the Tunis section. Uh, I wouldn't say technically there's a problem, but the, the video isn't great. Because it's dark and like it keeps cutting between like a castle and then nothing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we were just like, what are you showing us? And they're like, yeah. Tunis is nice. And it was like half of a turret on a on an old building or cathedral yeah. or castle or something. And you could see half of it and it looked nice. But and yeah. then they would pan over and just dark. I don't know. Yeah, not good. No, there was uh, Japanese miners. And then oh, I think yep. there were Australian steel workers. Were they Australian or where was the steel, the steel segment? I didn't remember there being some in Australia. I didn't remember there being a segment in Australia. I don't remember where the steel workers were. Well, Australia, the famous Australians. I mean, I don't know if it's famous. The one that stood out is the one with the satellite dish. That's Australia. Oh, oh yeah. At yeah, the yeah, end yeah. where yeah. they're, they're, they're trying to hear or they're trying to contact, make yep. radio contact or something with some quasar that's billions of miles away. Yeah. And that's like, it's just notable because it's, it is showing this gigantic dish. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. By the end of it, I was really struggling to pay attention. Fair. <laughs> so. Your attention span for an hour and a half of this, I can understand. Yeah. Not, not the greatest. Yeah. Now I think that the interesting parts, I realize we've named a bunch of nonsense that's in this. The interesting yeah. parts are the parts where there's like celebrities and there's not a ton yeah. of celebrities. I would say, you know, those are the ones that stand out though. There is this opera sequence in Germany, mm -hmm. which, you know, they're rehearsing for something. Again, everything's airing live. So they just had to take, I guess, whatever was going on at yep. the time. And I, I've read that it was Maria Callas, but I don't remember them saying that. So Maria Callas is a big name in opera. Yeah, I don't remember them saying that either. And yeah, I had yeah. I read the same thing. So but it she, may or may not have been Maria Callas. Right. That might have been a sequence that we didn't see that was cut. But, yep. you know, at least it's like it's, you know, they're rehearsing an opera. So that's yeah. that's cool looking. But I'm also going to go on and say that was probably her because would they have two opera sequences? I would say no. Does seem weird. Yeah. There's a sequence with Leonard Bernstein and Van Cliburn where they're like composing something, I guess, or they're just or playing the piano something. in a room together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's pretty good because it's Leonard Bernstein. And we yeah. had to look it up and be like, what did Leonard Bernstein? Why do we know him? And it's, oh, he wrote West Side Story. <laughs> I, okay. The best part of, of watching this was all the bits that Joe and I came up with while we were watching it, including um, this idea that because Leonard Bernstein wrote this, the music and um, Sondheim wrote the lyrics to West Side Story. And this we came up with this bit about uh, Bernstein getting the lyrics to I Feel Pretty and being like, what the f***? Like, oh my God. <laughs> this is terrible all right um dun, 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 dun. yeah that'll do you know i assume you know it's the beginning of sondheim's career he's just like anything he had laying around he's like yeah i feel pretty that sounds that could work in west side story sure what's jo oh he's just died well throw it in there it'll pick it'll pick the mood back up it's fine yeah. make it make it snappy yeah pretty weird pretty weird it was that and of course the fishing boat sequence in spain uh in a town i believe it was called Halu haluva it's h-e-l-u-v-a yep and uh, Sarah's commentary, of course, was that's one hell of a town. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Terrific stuff. Brilliant. Gold. It's gold, listeners. Gold. Comedy. 
Uh, so there was that. Uh, I believe my favorite sequence was watching them film Romeo and Juliet, the Romeo oh, and yeah. Juliet movie, which was yeah. really, I didn't know that was in there. So that was really interesting to me yeah. is they filmed it in Italy, the the Franco Zeffirelli movie. And yeah. so there is like this sequence where they're filming and uh, Olivia Hussey's there and Leonard Wittig who played Romeo and Milo O'Shea. And it's cool, like just because it's kind of behind the scenes footage. It's allegedly live. So yeah. it's while they're filming and, it, and Zeffirelli is very much like, speaking in Italian and then trying to explain to them how to play this this scene. Yeah. It's like straight up directing. It's very interesting. Yeah. I also like the fact that we've gotten like 15 to 20 minutes into this recording and haven't mentioned the one thing that this documentary is known for. Well, I think what you didn't realize is I was saving it for the end because oh. there's there's kind of nothing else. Like I think yeah. we've covered everything, but there is one distinct thing that anybody <laughs> would know about this because yeah. it is easily the most famous sequence in the movie. This is Steve Race in the Beatles recording studio in London, where the latest Beatle record is at this moment being built up. Not just a single performance, but a whole montage of performances. With some friends in to help the atmosphere, this is quite an occasion. So they cut to the UK in London, I guess, and uh, they go to a recording studio where the Beatles are recording All You Need Is Love. And yeah. so this is the first time All You Need Is Love was like ever heard because they were recording it. And so it wasn't even done. Yeah. Um, and like the Beatles are there and George Martin's there and there are a bunch of people there. And it, it was nice. It's, it's, a, it's a good song. It is the standout thing in this documentary. There yeah. are some reports that... It was written for this documentary, which, not documentary, for this event. Oh, yeah. Which, it's hard to say exactly if that's true, but they said they wanted a song that was simple and easy to understand globally. And that's why All You Need Is Love is a very basic idea. Yeah. So maybe, that, I mean, that does make some sense that maybe they did. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not actually on any major Beatles album. So it's written at an odd time, Yeah. you know, for the band too. So in, in that regard, it makes sense that it's it would be this. Yeah. We had to look this up. That it's actually just on the LP. It's just on what was it? Oh, Magical Mystery Tour. Yep. Yeah, which isn't a full album. It's only like six songs. So like, yeah. I almost get the impression that was released because of this song. Um, I knew from the list from the '67 list I put together that this song yeah. was a single first, and then ended up on an album. Yeah. Um, but the Beatles also put out like three or four more albums within the next two years. Like, there's so many options to put it on an album, and so the fact that they don't is you know, yeah. even more like more indicative of the fact that it it's it was separate and maybe connected to this event right right because i mean i don't know i don't have exactly when sergeant peppers came out but sergeant peppers came out in 67 and it must have already been done or there or yeah. it came out before and they couldn't cram it on there yeah and then i think the next album is the white album right yeah so the, the white album was in 68 and then there was another album in 68 before let it be is that right which was 70 is that right i think that's right I don't remember what it was, though. Hold, please. How do we not know Beatles albums? It's like the one thing that all humans should know. Release oh. dates. I'm a little hazy. Oh, was it Abbey Road? Heard of it? 69. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sgt. Pepper comes out in 67, maybe. But they could have put it on the White Album in 68. They could have put it on Yellow Submarine in 69. They could have put it on Abbey Road in 69. They could have put it on Let It Be in 70. And they chose to do none of those things. I mean, my guess is, again, that if they released it as a single, it was already a big hit song in 67. Yeah. Why re-release it on an album two years later? Makes sense. Especially in an era where they're putting out album after album. Yeah. Which, again, all major bands from that time, that's what they were doing. Now, when people put out an album every four years, it seems normal. But back then, 
you yeah. know, the Rolling Stones and the Who, everybody put out an album a year yeah. every year, and some, and most of the time, two albums a year. Like, you know, the, the the weird thing about this was too that when I was looking at the IMDb page for this this event, um, they listed Mick Jagger and Keith Moon, who obviously weren't in it anywhere, but yeah. like, or at least not in the version that we saw, but they were both on the IMDb page. There's a bunch of people listed as being there at that recording, so. You know, I'm guessing it was just like there is it's hard to see what's going on there. Like it's hard to see because of the way this thing is recorded, who else is there? Because they're surrounded by a bunch of people while they're recording. Oh, and so I think is- they're just there, but you can't see it and they didn't focus on it. So yeah. Um yeah, there is some indication of like other people who were there while they were recording. And they they mentioned the Rolling Stones and Clapton and Marianne Faithful's there and a bunch of people. So oh, wow. you know, I think it was just that's how this you know may i don't i don't even heard that that was the case that if they sang on this song if they were all in the chorus in the background but oh yeah um but that's that's what i saw so interesting apparently uh, so the recording we saw again is kind of wonky and it airs in black and white like it's it's this old thing but apparently on the beatles anthology documentary maybe from the 90s they have this same event and it's cleaned up and colorized so maybe there you would be able to see better oh, yeah. who actually yeah. is there but that but yeah sense. that is the famous thing that came out of this if there is a thing to point back to in this kind of generic pastoral documentary yeah. Yeah. it also has like segments about just the sun and <laughs> you know j- just very bland in, yeah. a, in a very pbs kind of way yeah yeah so also like the beatles were on there and i know like they're pretty famous but like Moreau is in, in like the painter is in yeah. it and he's just there it's amazing like, yeah him and Chagall and Alexander yeah. Calder there's this sequence where there's dancing again which yep. I think is in France yep and yeah. they have sculptures and paint there's they're clearly at some sort of some sort of little museum but in the in the outside part there's like sculptures and things and yeah. they have all of these famous painters there so yeah it's it's an it's an odd you know, combination of things yeah. and to kind of, to kind of give it that 67-ness, you know, with yeah. the Beatles there, it helps. And then, so then having these couple other things um, of people who are still alive and doing stuff at the time. Yeah. So, so I did think that was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's not a fa- it's I wouldn't recommend sitting down and watching it. I don't no. think it's, it's entertaining in that way, but, yeah. but it is kind of a nice idea and it's interesting to look back at what they were even capable of doing. Yeah. in 67 production wise and as a live event because live events now are it's such a smooth yeah you know uh, packaged thing that it's not you wouldn't think of it as being even overly complicated but they really had to organize this great big event yeah and took a long time to do so yeah very impressive think, yeah way to go way to go guys i think there's something to that you did it yeah I had this on the list and i thought it would be a somewhat interesting thing to talk about it kind of is but i don't know yeah but the, I I would say there is no interesting outro to do for our world. <laughs> oh, we're just straight up doing no outro. That's, is there anything? I mean, what is there? What could we do to relate to this? Name all of the countries it doesn't take place in? My God. <laughs> there's 20 <laughs> countries or something. So I don't think that's the way, um, you know. Why don't, why don't you sing your favorite Beatles song? <laughs> Listeners, you can't see, but Joe is giving me a grumpy face. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I want to sing my favorite Beatles song. Oh, come on, man. Because I gotta be honest, uh, she's got a chicken to ride, just doesn't play. <laughs> you don't care about our listeners. Oh, the listeners don't need to hear that. They're not gonna <laughs> enjoy that. Uh, no, I, I do you have anything? Is there anything you would like to do? No, I, I just came up with something. Oh, well, I didn't care for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I had said to you, sing your favorite Beatles song, I think you would sing that nonsense Lizzo thing you keep singing. <laughs> it's stuck in my head all the time. Listeners, if you're in this boat with me and you cannot stop singing about damn time, let us know. Do you want to do you want to give the listeners a little taste of, of this? I don't think you know. You claim to know the lyrics, but whenever I've heard you do it, I don't think you do. I know the lyrics. Do you? Yes. Uh, it's about damn time. So, so the thing is, there's this whole song and the song itself is good. And then there's this one little interlude that has become very like prominent on TikTok. And uh, that's the part that gets stuck in my head. Let's have it. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're making me do this. You refused to do the outro I suggested, and now you're making me do a, a singing outro. She's got a chicken to ride, <laughs> and I don't care. It's beautiful. All right. In a minute, I'm going to need a sentimental man or woman to bump me up. That's for you. That's all. Thank you. And you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Wango! This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us on all the random social media sites that exist and rate us wherever you possibly can. That'd be great! Now, this is Gunnar Utterberg. They're both in the water now. Now they're off to fetch Gerd Fredrickson. Lars Anderson is the youngest of the group. He's 19. He's sort of forces champion. Oh, he is also capsized. <laughs>